Good evening. Ezekiel chapter 26 this evening, Sunday nights through the Bible, Genesis to Revelation. And if you're with us tonight and you are without a Bible, just flag one of the guys coming up the aisles right now. They've got lots of Bibles and uh, they'll get one into your hands so you can follow along this evening. If you don't own a Bible, please make that Bible a gift from the Lord to you um, tonight. In chapter 26, we come to one of the most remarkable prophecies in the entire Bible, and uh, perhaps the most remarkable prophecy in the Bible that is not messianic in nature. Uh, the highest and greatest prophecies that are found in the Bible have to do with Jesus before His coming. Uh, Psalm 22, Isaiah 53, lots of different places related to that. But a, a remarkable uh, testimony to the inspiration uh, of God behind the Scriptures. You remember, as we saw last time we were together, that the Lord is here now at this point in the book of Ezekiel. He has finished um, uh, giving Ezekiel prophecies now uh, to uh, communicate specifically to the, um, the Jewish people related to the coming judgment that's going to occur in Jerusalem. And now he uh, turns, God does, his attention to the nations that surrounded the southern kingdom of Judah who celebrated God's judgment on Judah, took advantage of God's judgment upon Judah. God let them know that he noticed it and he would judge them uh, for that. And so here's this series of, of prophecies, as we saw last time, looking at his, uh, the prophecy to Ammon, to Moab, also to Edom and to the Philistines. And now the Lord continues in that same vein now in a rebuke and a warning uh, of judgment to the city of Tyre over their celebration of the judgment of, uh, of uh, Judah. And it came to pass in the 11th year on the first day of the month that the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, because Tyre has said, uh, against, and here's the because and therefore as we see it again, Son of Man, because Tyre has said against Jerusalem, aha, she is broken who uh, was uh, the gateway of the peoples. Now she is turned over to me. I shall be filled and she is laid waste. The city of Tyre was one of the most uh, wealthy cities in the ancient world, and it was the principal uh, city and certainly the wealthiest of all of the city-states that made up this kind of a, of a little empire known as the Phoenicians. And uh, the Phoenicians didn't own this gigantic, they didn't uh, uh, rule over a gigantic land mass like the Persians did or Syria did or, or anybody else. They had these strategic cities that were located in the area of modern-day Lebanon that were uh, on, on the shore of, uh, they were port cities in, uh, in the Mediterranean. And then they expanded their trade to various port cities like that all the way around the Mediterranean. It was a trading uh, center, and they became fabulously wealthy, this uh, connected kind of uh, city-states and, and uh, ports. 
and uh, Tyre located about 100 miles north of, northwest of Jerusalem. Very, very powerful. You, you can't even put into words, I mean, uh, Ezekiel will here, but uh, to describe the kind of wealth that uh, Tyre possessed. Uh, earlier in the history between Israel and Tyre, the, the relationships were friendly. You might remember that uh, when David became king, uh, that uh, Israel and Tyre were on very friendly terms. King Hiram of Tyre at that time, he sent uh, skilled craftsmen to David to help him uh, build his house in, in Jerusalem as, as uh, Israel's new king. Uh, Tyre celebrated the uh, judgment of uh, of uh, Judah, and, uh, and, and her sin was, was that celebration, celebration of Jerusalem's fall to the Babylonians. When it, it, when it says she celebrated, aha, uh, the, the, it, you know, it's one thing to be excited about something, and then to, it's another thing to be excited, so excited uh, that that excitement is verbalized. They're so excited over the judgment that came on uh, on Judah that they can't even keep it uh, within. Uh, the, the reason for her excitement was that, the, that Tyre uh, governed the, the main trading routes associated with Egypt, who was the kind of the wealth center of that part of the world in those days. A lot of import-export business came out of Egypt. And Tyre governed all of the trade that came out of Egypt that occurred by sea. Uh, but Israel uh, uh, governed all of the, the trade that w between Egypt and the rest of the world that uh, passed over the land mass uh, that went into uh, all of the other continents by uh, way of the caravans that were on the land. So when Tyre hears about the judgment and the destruction of Jerusalem and Judah, uh, they are excited over the fact that their greatest uh, competitors in business have now been uh, destroyed. And now the entire import-export business, all of the... Uh, <clears throat> Their competition is completely gone in the money-making uh, side of, uh, of, of trade in, in the ancient world. And so she rejoices, very carnal uh, motivations, in this case out of uh, greed and out of, uh, of covetousness. It's kind of like, um, and we should never do that. We should never as a Christian, but it, these weren't Christians and it displeased God. Uh, we should never celebrate uh, the downfall of another person because it benefits us or their destruction or some kind of a catastrophe coming into their uh, life. It's certainly beneath any, any Christian. And so no businessman should ever uh, celebrate. It will enter uh, our minds, uh, celebrate the, the demise of a competitor. Um, I remember I was getting a car. I got hit by a drunk driver a while back. And uh, a couple months ago, and, uh, and so I took it into the, the repair shop and was getting things taken care of and all. And, then, and it was still kind of rainy season happening a little bit here and there. And I was waiting to pick up the car. And I said to the uh, woman who worked behind the counter and said something about the rain. And she said, oh, but it's good for business. <laughs> and uh, 
She wasn't celebrating. I'm not, I'm not accusing her of this at, at all. But we, we, that's the grid we run it through. I mean, every, any, everybody in any business understands what's good for business and bad for business. Uh, but we're, we're never, ever to go uh, there uh, at all, and, and uh, or someone who, you know, the athlete who can rejoice in the injury of someone who is starting ahead of them for the, the chance it'll give to them. This thing plays out all through life, and, and it's important to uh, steer uh, clear of all of that. Well, God was displeased by uh, all of it, and so here is the therefore, verse 3, therefore, thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against you, O Tyre. And I will cause many nations, and uh, most often when I say, now notice that word many, and uh, you might consider uh, circling it in your Bible, or at least in your mind. Uh, Don't circle it in your mind, circle it in your Bible tonight. (laughs) Uh, You're free to do, I'm not, we're not going to do an inspection on it. Uh, But you'll see how important it is and how important to remember uh, later uh, the significance of it. Behold, I'm against you, O Tyre, and will cause many nations to come up against you as the sea causes its waves to come up. So God uh, pronounces that He is going to judge Tyre for her celebration and that he, the judgment is going to take the form of many nations coming against her. And because it was a seaport, he uses imagery of, of, that would be familiar to a seaport. And these nations will come up like waves coming against a seawall. Uh, and then in verse 4, and they, again plural, uh, they, and worth cir- circling, they shall destroy the walls of Tyre break down her towers. I will also scrape her dust from her and make her like the top of a rock. It shall be a place for spreading nets in the midst of the sea. For I have spoken, says the Lord God, it shall become plunder for the nations. And also her daughter villages, kind of the satellite villages that grew kind of inland off of the port city of Tyre, uh, they uh, they, they would, uh, those villages, uh, would, uh, they would be slain by the sword like Tyre, and then they shall know that I am the, uh, the Lord. Uh, they engaged in the same celebration as the, as the city uh, formerly did. The destruction that he describes here in verses 4 and, and 5, uh, the, the destruction that he makes for, related to Tyre is very, very uh, complete. Uh, her, her walls are going to be uh, destroyed. Uh, her towers are all going to be broken down. Uh, the, the desolation will be so great, uh, the devastation of, of the city, uh, that uh, even the, the, there won't even be any dust left uh, where the city once uh, was located. And uh, uh, so much so, uh, so will every kind of uh, aspect of the city, I mean, every remembrance of the city physically will completely disappear. By the time this prophecy is done, uh, it will be uh, like her, her, the city where it once stood will be flat, like, made like the top of a rock and the kind of place that you would, fishermen would spread nets out in order to dry them uh, day to day in their, in their fishing uh, uh, business. And so the Lord uh, spoke and uh, uh, of this judgment that would come, it would be here on the part of many nations, they will destroy. In other words, it wouldn't be one nation or one group that would do it. It would be accomplished uh, by uh, a series of, of nations in accomplishing the fulfillment of the prophecy. 
The near fulfillment is given to us in uh, verse 7. For thus says the Lord uh, God, Behold, I will bring against Tyre from the north Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. Uh, king of kings, with horses, uh, with chariots, and with horsemen, and an army with many people. And so the first nation that is a part now of this they uh, that will end up uh, resulting in the fulfillment completely of the, the complete destruction of Tyre is now uh, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, king of, of Babylon, his, uh, his uh, uh, siege and, and, and attempt to conquer, conquer uh, Tyre. And then you notice he mentions Nebuchadnezzar by name in verse 7, and then in verse 8, he. So we go from they, and we go from many now to he. So he, here he's just talking about one portion of, 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 of the group of people that will be a part of the fulfillment. And here concerning Nebuchadnezzar, he will slay uh, with the sword your daughter villages in the field. He will heap up a siege mound against you, build a wall against you, and raise a defense against you. He will direct his battering rams against your walls, and with his axes he will break down your towers. Because of the abundance of his horses, their dust will cover you. Your walls will shake at the noise of the horsemen, uh, the wagons, and the chariots. When he, again uh, singular, enters your gates as men enter a city that has been breached, with the hooves of his horses, he will trample all of your streets. He will slay your people by the sword, and your strong pillars shall fall uh, to the ground. Nebuchadnezzar began his siege uh, of Tyre in 585 BC. And uh, siege was, of course, the common means by which of conquering a city. You would encircle the city, attempt to cut off its food supplies, its water supplies, until you kind of starved and thirst them. Uh, into submission so that by the time you did have to fight inside the city walls they were in a very weakened condition uh, to do so if they didn't you know surrender uh, outright the problem with uh, Nebuchadnezzar and he endeavored to do this the problem that Nebuchadnezzar ran into in his attempt to conquer uh, Tyre is that Tyre was a seaport he could never he laid siege to the city for 13 years the most powerful military in the entire world tried for 13 years to conquer this port city, and he could never do it. And the reason he could never do it is because it was a port city. They simply replenished their food supply and their water supplies by sea. And because Nebuchadnezzar was over the Babylonian Empire, uh, they uh, weren't, uh, he didn't have the kind of a navy being an inland empire in order to uh, lay siege to uh, Tyre from both land and sea. And so for 13 years he tries to break down uh, and, and conquer the city, and, uh, but uh, the, the siege didn't work as a, as a normal, uh, normal siege. Then, after 13 years, the Babylonian army finally did break into the city, uh, but when they broke into the city, uh, they discovered the city to be uh, largely abandoned, except for just some small occupying force to hold them at bay. And what the people of Tyre did during those 13 years, they saw the handwriting on the wall that ultimately, just by sheer force, he would end up taking the city. 
But off, off of the, the port of Tyre, out into the Mediterranean, a half-mile distance, was an island. And what the people of Tyre did over 13 years was they simply relocated their city to the island. And uh, they built an entire new city on that, on that island. So by the time Nebuchadnezzar breaks into the city, it is largely abandoned. Uh, he takes what he can from it. And, uh, and then so in such great frustration over the lack of uh, any kind of booty related to in spoils, uh, he, he destroys the city. He knocks everything down until everything in the city is just one giant heap uh, of, of rubble. And, uh, and then he, he uh, went on, on his way and Tyre uh, continued to operate the safety of this half mile distance between the new city and the old city and the significance of their navy in protecting uh, the new city that was, that was off uh, shore. Uh, and, and so Tyre's riches weren't taken by the Babylonians. Uh, God is going to, as we'll see in, in a few weeks, God is going to, uh, Nebuchadnezzar was operating as God's agent in all of this, and God is never a debtor to any man. And so ultimately the Lord allows Nebuchadnezzar to uh, conquer uh, uh, Egypt, and then the spoils of Egypt becomes the kind of the pay related to uh, how hard he worked for 13 years without any, uh, any p- uh, payment related to it. So that's phase one and the fulfillment of the prophecy. Something very significant happens there, as you see in verse uh, 12, and uh, you notice here is that word they again. So here he shifts gears away from uh, the the specifics of a single nation now coming against uh, uh, Tyre in the fulfillment of the prophecy to now enlarging it now to uh, a a larger uh, group. And they now uh, will, uh, who come after the Babylonians, they will plunder your riches and pillage your merchandise. They will break down your walls and destroy your uh, pleasant houses. They will lay your stones, your timbers, and your soil uh, into the midst of the water. And I will put an end to the sound of your songs and to the sound of your harps uh, shall be heard no more. And I will make you like the top of a rock. You shall be a place for spreading nets and you shall never be rebuilt for I the Lord have spoken it. So, as God declared in verse 3 that this uh, judgment of Tyre it would be at the hands of, of many nations, and, uh, and uh, again, in the, the, the individual personal pronoun he, and all the way through verses 7 through 11 here gives way to the they. And the they here in the fulfillment of, of the prophecy, the final they in all of it is Alexander the Great. And following the time when Nebuchadnezzar tried to conquer Tyre, between the time that this this prophecy would be completely fulfilled, when when Alexander the Great would fulfill it, is a period of 240 years. And uh, and, uh, uh, and after the 240 years, uh, Alexander the Great over the Grecian Empire, he took it upon himself now to conquer this, what was now an island city. 
Alexander's chief goal at that time, he's very early in his, his attempt to uh, conquer the ancient world, uh, but it is a desire that's in, in his heart. And his great goal was, to, uh, was the conquest of uh, Persia. And he desired to be known as the king of Asia. And uh, at that point in time, Darius III of Persia held that kind of, uh, uh, he held that, that position, the, the right to that, that title. And, uh, and so Alexander the Great wants to become that. But he's very much an up-and-comer, uh, very much unknown, even though he has uh, won a couple of battles against Persia, who has extended their, their empire at this point in time uh, within a stone's throw of Greece and had been a thorn in the side of, of Greece for a long time. The speculation in terms of Alexander the, the Great's uh, motives for doing uh, this, this conquering of Tyre, it really centers on two things. And uh, first of all was Alexander the Great wanted to take revenge out on Persia for Persia's treatment of the Grecian people uh, when Persia dominated that part of the, the Mediterranean uh, world. Uh, Alexander the Great's father by the name of Philip, uh, he had in his lifetime planned for an invasion of Persia. He died before he was able to do it, and Alexander the Great takes up that quest on behalf of, of his father. The second reason that it was important for him to take uh, Tyre was that in order to spoil Persia, in order to uh, invade Persia, and Persia contained uh, astonishing wealth. Uh, Alexander the Great knew, as every leader of anything understands uh, in terms of a government, and that is you need a military, and you need a strong military, and militaries cost a lot of money. And, uh, and this was a guy that was going to put together a military that was going to, uh, with the intention of conquering the ancient world. And ultimately he does that, but he knows that he's got to have deep pockets to do that. Persia is like a bank. It is Fort Knox sitting out there just waiting to be conquered in order to, uh, to uh, supply him with uh, the material resources that he needs. Probably all these motivations are are in play. At this particular point in time in history, Tyre was a stronghold for the Persian fleet. And uh, as a result of that, Alexander the Great felt that he could not invade Persia overland uh, uh, without defeating Persia's navy entire. Otherwise, if he uh, attempted to conquer Persia overland, then the fleet, the Persian fleet behind him at Tyre, would simply come in and cut off his su supply lines behind him, and uh, worse yet, would uh, take him at a time when the Grecian military was far on the frontier of this uh, military exploit, and use it as an opportunity to invade Greece themselves. So he had to take Tyre uh, strategically for his plans for, for conquering uh, the, uh, the world. And uh, initially he tried a naval assault against the island, and, and he failed because of the superiority of the Phoenician navy, even, uh, even over the uh, uh, Greek navy. And so what he decided that he would do is he would conquer the city from both land and sea. And he began, I mean, astonishing, uh, how he, in order to, uh, trying to attack them from sea is fairly straightforward. 
but how to attack them also from land. What he did is he began to take all of the rubble from the Babylonian conquest of the city 240 years earlier, and he began to push it into the sea toward the island. And he began to build a causeway a half mile in uh, length, a causeway all the way to the island city in order to then lay siege works against the entrance of the city uh, of, of Tyre. And, and this was the fulfillment. It was when, when Nebuchadnezzar came in and he attempted to conquer the city and he left the ancient city of Tyre, uh, the, the original one, in ruins on the... Uh, sitting there in, in that ancient place, it looked like in terms of the prophecy, God, you came close, but no cigar. I mean, this is not a flat top. There's, there's still dust. Not only is there dust on the city, the ruins are piled sky high in, in the city. And for 240 years, it looked like in terms of that prophecy, God came close, but that was a failure. It didn't, didn't happen until Alexander the Great comes along and he takes every bit of the ruin of that city right down to taking all of the dust that was there and he began to dump it into the, into the, into the sea uh, with lumber to build a causeway to then attack the city both from, uh, from the sea and also uh, from the land, from, from that, that causeway. And, and in doing so, he fulfills the prophecy completely. It is left flat as a rock. There isn't even any dust left uh, uh, upon it. And then ultimately he there's this combination of a, a naval attack and then a causeway, an infantry attack upon the city, and he conquered the city of Tyre, island city, in 322 uh, B.C. And he captured unimaginable wealth as a result uh, of it. He was so enraged at the, at the, the resistance of the people of Tyre uh, that by the time he got into uh, the city, he was going to make an example of them for the whole world in terms of uh, cities that he laid siege to for the rest of his, his reign. And he slaughtered uh, thousands of people, and, and the people that he didn't slaughter, he simply sold into slavery. Again, 240 years after uh, Ezekiel's uh, 200 after Ezekiel's prophecy and Babylon's uh, first coming in. So here is the he. The he takes it part way, uh, but God returns to the they. This multitude of nations that will be a part of the the fulfilling of of all of uh, all of this and. Uh, uh, and there is a modern city of Tyre today. It exists, but it, it, the original site of Tyre, right on the water, it, li it, 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 it lies bare uh, to this day. It has not been re rebuilt exactly as Ezekiel prophesied. Another city has been uh, built uh, uh, further in. But fascinating, I think, for 240 years, it looked as if as if God's prophecy concerning the destruction of Tyre was only partially fulfilled and, uh, and God uh, missed it. And, uh, uh, and, and, uh, and, and his word in terms of the fulfillment of that wouldn't come to pass because Nebuchadnezzar and his army uh, didn't fulfill it to kind of the nth degree. But God knew he would do it over a period of 240 years. And then he did it. Now, you, you think about this. The prophecy gets given to Ezekiel. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar begins the fulfillment of it. 
and then take a pause related to the ultimate fulfillment of that prophecy of 240 years. That's, that is the entire history of the United States of America. Before God then picks up now and completes the fulfillment of the prophecy. And He does that. You know, the Bible talks about uh, scoffers coming in the last days and say, where is the day of His coming? And, you know, the scoffing at prophecy and the fulfillment of prophecy and all of these kind of things. And number one, there's really nothing to scoff about in terms of, uh, of the fulfillment of prophecy. It's all being fulfilled right before our eyes. But God He's very, very patient. And, and as surely as He fulfilled, as this prophecy was fulfilled related to Tyre, uh, just as surely... Every single prophecy, every single promise in the Word of God is going to be fulfilled in human history and, and, uh, and in our lives. The reaction of the surrounding nations is recorded for us in verse 15. Thus says the Lord God to Tyre, Will the coastlands not shake at the sound of your fall when the wounded cry, when slaughter uh, is uh, made in the midst of you? So here is this great economic center that, that collapses. It is defeated. And now think about all of the support industries, their wealth, uh, their, uh, and, and, and all tied to uh, this city. It would be like uh, Toyota going under, IBM going under, Apple going under, you name the company. It wouldn't just be that this headquarters gets boarded up. It would be, it, the impact of it would go in all directions in terms of people mourning at the fall of uh, of this thing. And so it was in the ancient world. And then all of the princes of the sea will come down from their thrones, lay aside their robes, and take off their embroidered garments. They will clothe themselves with trembling. They will sit on the ground and uh, tremble every moment uh, and be astonished at you. And they will take up a lamentation for you and say to you. And so here is Ezekiel prophesying of Tyre's ultimate fall occurring 240 years after his lifetime is, is over or thereabouts. And, uh, but Nebuchadnezzar said, I mean, uh, uh, Ezekiel says, it is so sure uh, the death of this city and the funeral that is going to occur that I'll provide you a lamentation to sing uh, when all of it happens. And here's the lamentation that was to be sung uh, as a result of, uh, of her death. Uh, how you have perished, O one inhabited by seafaring men, O renowned city who was strong in the sea, she and her inhabitants who caused their terror to be on all her inhabitants. Now the coastlands tremble on the day of your fall. Yes, the coastlands by the sea are troubled at your departure. For thus says the Lord God, when I make you a desolate city, like cities that are not inhabited, when I bring the deep around you and water shall cover you, then I will bring you down with those who descend into the pit to the people of old, and I will make you dwell in the lowest part of the earth in places desolate from antiquity, and those who go with those who go down to the pit, so that you may never be inhabited, and I will I shall establish glory in the land 
of the living. I will make you a tear, and you shall be no more. Uh, though you uh, are sought for, you will never be found again, says uh, the Lord. So what God does is, uh, Tyre was a, mili- it was a, a naval, uh, it was a seafaring people and in a harbor city. So he uses the imagery of uh, when somebody dies at sea and how uh, that kind of a, a funeral service goes. They wrap the body up and they plunge the body down into the sea and it goes down into the depths. And so he uses that same imagery to describe their end, their burial going down into the pit. Uh, I'll tell you something that the world ought to pay uh, very, very close attention to today. I certainly pay attention uh, to it. But who listens to me? But we ought to listen to the Bible. Be very careful what you do with the Jews. Be very careful what you do with the Jewish people. God is not done with them yet. Uh, The persecution against uh, Jews in the world today is as bad as anything from since World War II. Uh, it, it is awful. And you hear me say every once in a while that uh, talking about the persecution that's going on uh, related to Christians as well. I mean, you do not want to live in a world that kills Christians for simply being Christians. Because once you get rid of them, stop and think about what kind of world you're left with and what kind of person the world is left with. But the same thing is true of the Jew. And God said concerning Abraham and concerning his descendants, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And it is the mark uh, all the way uh, through, uh, through history. Are they a perfect people? We're in the book of Ezekiel. Are they a perfect people? Of course they're not a perfect people. Not then, not now. No people are. But God still has a plan in his purposes for them. And I don't care what armies of the world will get into it when we get into chapters 37, 38, and 39, try to assemble together to destroy these people. They will not accomplish it. I never go to bed, not one single night go to bed. I wonder if Israel is going to cease to exist as a nation. It just simply isn't going to happen. God prophesied that they would become a nation again. Miracle of miracles after not having a homeland for the length of time that they were without a homeland, and here, here they are. Uh, and, uh, and here is another, a whole series of Gentile nations that did their aha, and there's a whole world of nations today uh, that uh, chime in with their aha. Their glee is so great, not only within their hearts, but they can't contain it within their hearts, but to celebrate everything uh, uh, terrible that befalls the Jewish people, and even instigate it and celebrate it. And uh, the future is with the Jews in that regard, and not with her enemies. Uh, The ultimate future of everyone is with Christ and faith in Him for salvation. And now the word of the Lord came to me again, saying, Now, son of man, take up a lamentation uh, for Tyre. So he continues this lamentation for uh, the the city of of Tyre here in chapter 27, a funeral dirge. And uh, uh, God is basically saying here prophetically that Tyre and all of it is is simply going to die. Uh, One day be no more. And the word of the Lord, take up the lamentation and say to Tyre, verse 3, you who are situated at the entrance of the sea, 
merchant of the peoples on many coastlands. Thus says the Lord God, O Tyre, you have said, I am perfect in beauty. Your borders are in the midst of the seas. Your builders have perfected your beauty. They have made your planks of fir trees from uh, Sinir. So here you have a city that it was built with the finest materials by the finest craftsmen. Uh, really, really beautiful, uh, the, the city itself. And it boasted in, in, in its beauty uh, rather than in its, uh, the condition of its heart. Uh, of oaks from Bashan, they made your oars. The company of Asherites have inlaid your planks with ivory from uh, the coasts of uh, Cyprus. The, so much ivory used in their building within the city uh, is an inlay. Fine embroidered linen from Egypt uh, was what you spread for your sail. Blue and purple from the coasts of uh, 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 Elisha was what covered you. And, uh, and so the, even in terms of the, the linen that was used for their sails and the, the dyeing of these, uh, these sails. In the, in the ancient world, to wear purple, you might remember, was, uh, marked you as, as a very wealthy person. And, and the greatest source of pur- pur- purple in, dye in the ancient world came from uh, the murex uh, shellfish. And they would harvest these shellfish and, uh, and then uh, gut them to get a single drop of purple dye from each and every one of those shellfish that was put to death uh, for it. It was, it was an incredible thing to have a single garment. You would have been wealthy like who could be wealthy uh, to have a single garment that was dyed purple in the ancient world. They're so wealthy, they dye their sails of their ships. It was just a flaunting to the whole world of what they're able to do because uh, of, of their wealth. And, and he then goes on to describe uh, her captains and her crews, the people that worked within the city. Inhabitants of Sidon and Arvad were your oarsmen. Your wise men, O Tyre, were in you. They became your pilots. Elders of Gebal and, and its wise men were in you to caulk your seams. All of the ships of the sea and their oarsmen were uh, in you to market your merchandise. She hired the very, very best people in the world in order to uh, sail these ships, to man these ships, to maintain uh, these ships. Those from Persia, speaking of Iran, uh, Lydia, which is a part of modern-day Turkey, and Libya, which is modern-day Libya, uh, they were in uh, your army as men of war. They hung shield and helmet in you, and they gave splendor to you. Men of Arvad with your army were, uh, were on your walls all around. The men of Gamad were in your towers. They hung their shields on your walls all around. They made your beauty perfect. Perfect. Well, if you're going to have that much money and wealth someplace, you better know how to protect it uh, in the ancient world or in the modern world. And they did. They hired mercenary armies, the best, the best fighters in the entire world to, to uh, become the defense force of, uh, of, of Tyre to protect uh, their trade and their prosperity. 
Tarshish was your merchant uh, because of your many luxury goods. And they gave you silver, iron, tin, and lead uh, for your goods. Uh, Javan, uh, Tubal, and Meshech were your traders. They bartered human lives and vessels of bronze for your merchandise. The wealth of the world came to them in order to get the things that only they were uh, producing. To have a garment, to have anything that was from Tyre was, uh, you know, one of those shops that you uh, go into sometimes and you walk in in some high-end mall and there's four dresses, 40,000 square feet for the whole store and there's four dresses in there. I don't know how many of those dresses you got to move to make the rent. It kills me as a Scot to try and figure these things out. I've got to just leave. But, uh, but uh, apparently they sell for enough and nobody wants to see, uh, be found in the same dress as someone going to the party or whatever so they don't make too many of them. But, but to have something from Tyre was, was really, uh, really uh, uh, prestigious. And, and then those from uh, Togarma traded for your wares and they brought horses, steeds, and mules. The men of Dedan were your traders. Many isles were uh, the market of your land. They brought you ivory tusks and ebony as payment. Syria was your merchant because of the abundance of goods you made. And they gave you uh, for your wares emeralds, purple, embroidery, fine linen, corals, and rubies. Uh, even Judah and the land of Israel were your traders. They traded for your merchandise, uh, wheat of uh, mineth, millet, honey, oil, and balm. Damascus was your merchant because of the abundance of goods you made, because of your many luxury items, with the wine of uh, Helbon uh, and with the white wool. Dan and Javon paid for your wares, traversing back and forth. Rod iron, cassia, and cane were among your uh, merchandise. Dedan was your merchant in uh, saddlecloths for riding. Arabia and all of the princes of Kedar were your regular merchants. They traded with you in ra- lambs and rams and goats. The merchants of Sheba and uh, Ramah were your merchants. They traded for your wares, the choicest spices, all kinds of precious stones and gold. Haran, Kenna, uh, Eden, the merchants of Sheba, Assyria, and Chilmod were your merchants. These were your, uh, were your merchants in choice items, in purple clothes, in embroidered uh, garments, in chests of multicolored apparel, in sturdy woven cords, which are in your marketplace. And so he mentions fully uh, 20 nations of the ancient world that uh, traded uh, directly and, and, and heavily with, uh, with Tyre. And, uh, and, and Ezekiel in this prophecy mentions uh, 37 different uh, goods that were traded, most of them uh, luxury goods. And so just the sheer amount of wealth and prosperity uh, that flowed in and out uh, of the city. And of course, to flow in and out of the city, a portion of it was kind of kept for whoever was, uh, was in, in that city in terms of them making a profit uh, as well. But he goes on to describe the shipwreck of this great, uh, you know, co- kind of commercial uh, uh, empire, that it would come to an end. 
The ships of Tarshish were carriers uh, of your merchandise. You were filled and very glorious in the midst of the seas. Your oarsmen uh, brought you in oarsmen brought you into many waters, but the east wind broke you in the midst of the seas. He's going to describe now Tyre's destruction uh, from the poetic imagery of a shipwreck. And there was nothing that was uh, more terrifying to a, a trading, a shipping economy uh, than a shipwreck and especially one in which you lost everything. They're going to lose everything, not by the shipful, but the entire city. This is a part of the broader uh, prophecy. Your riches, wares, and merchandise, your uh, mariners and pilots, your caulkers and merchandisers, uh, all of your men of war who are in you, and the entire company which is in your midst will fall into the midst of the seas on the, the day of your ruin. Again, a shipwreck, a, a total loss is what's being described. The common land will shake uh, at the sound of the cry of your pilots. And all who handle the oar, the mariners, all the pilots uh, of the sea uh, will come down from their ships and stand on the shore. Uh, the news of this destruction of Tyre would uh, rapidly fill the surrounding areas. All of the people that uh, were uh, kind of seafaring people or had prof profited from trade with Tyre, they would come down to the sea themselves to, uh, to see that this had actually uh, happened and they make their voice heard because of you. They cry bitterly. They cast dust on their heads. They will roll about in ashes. They will shave themselves completely bald because of you and gird themselves with sackcloth and weep for you with bitterness of heart and bitter uh, wailing. And uh, so all of these signs of 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 uh, uh, grieving. And in their uh, wailing for you, they will take up a lamentation and lament for you, saying, what city is like Tyre, destroyed in the midst of the sea? I mean, how, if, if that could be destroyed, anybody, anything could be destroyed. And when your wares went out by the sea, you satisfied many people, you enriched the kings of the earth with your many luxury goods and your merchandise, but you were broken uh, by the seas in the midst of the depths of the waters, your merchandise and the, uh, your merchandise and the entire company will fall in your midst. All the inhabitants of the isles will be astonished at you. Their kings will be greatly afraid and their countenances will be troubled. The merchants among you, uh, among the peoples will hiss at you and you will become a whore and uh, be uh, no more forever. This event again would just absolutely rock the entire Mediterranean uh, world and, uh, uh, and, and, and how they could go from being on top uh, to now disappearing as they did uh, so completely. I mean, it would just snap your neck uh, that, that it happened so quickly and, and, uh, and, and so, uh, uh, so completely. And, uh, and then the reaction uh, of, of this among all of the people. And all of it occurred exactly as God declared uh, that it would be. So we'll stop there tonight. We'll pick it up next time. And, 
um, chapter uh, 28 as he continues to uh, describe to us a little bit more about the arrogance and the pride that was behind, also behind God's judgment of Tyre and uh, really the demonic forces that were at play uh, in the city. If the worship team would come forward now and the men that will serve communion tonight would come forward uh, as well, we'll, we'll prepare to partake of the Lord's Supper. Would you turn with me uh, to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter